Hey, sweet friend. So we're diving back into breastfeeding in the military, pumping, lactation support, figuring it all out when returning to work and how to make it work as a military mom or as a working mom, you know, in a similar environment. And there's so many unique challenges that come with this. We uncovered a little bit of that last time as we dove in. And today we're going to get even more practical, tactical into, you know, all the best tips that I have for you. So if you haven't listened to that first episode, go back and do that really quick because everything builds upon each other. So you don't want to miss that first one. And then come meet me back right here. We're going to talk first about how to maintain supply. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. So I always want to just be very clear in remaining with my scope professionally. And so I am not a lactation consultant. Someday I hope to become a military certified lactation counselor. However, not there yet. This is not the season. It's one of those things I'm like, oh, I'd love to do that. I'm so passionate about this. I love supporting moms in this. I love advocating for moms in this, but I just do not have the bandwidth. So it's one of those things I'm like, okay, God, like, I know you're, you don't want me to do this right now. I have to say no, but I will share from the heart, you know, my experiences, these tips that I've gathered that I have helped with a lot of moms through over the years, but this is not a substitute for professional lactation support. So I just want to be very clear on that and let you know that please, please reach out when you need help. You don't have to do this alone. And that's the case with everything. And I'm really passionate about evidence-based guidance. You guys know that through pregnancy, through postpartum and so many things. And we see a lot in this space. It's a lot of kind of mixed messages out there. There's a lot of bad information out there too. And I have waded through a lot of that personally in my own research. And I try to stay up to date on all of that. So Yes, I just wanted to say that first and foremost. So make sure that you are receiving professional support if you need it. Um, but I will, but I will keep sharing, you know, my tips and tricks and hacks and you know all those kinds of things for you uh, to if, if it can support you in any way. Because these are the roadblocks that we're often up against. These are the unique things that we're experiencing oftentimes as military moms. So the very first thing I often see is a big pitfall that so many of us fall into, that I fell into, that I just see time and time again ends up sabotaging our breastfeeding goals and our relationship and our pumping, is that we don't trust our body to make enough. So this is something I've grown in tremendously over time, and I can now see the difference between my first time around and my second time around here. I have this incredible amount of trust in my body's ability to make enough milk for my baby. And I trust that my supply is resilient and that one missed session is not going to derail me. And that, you know, even if I get kind of off on my schedule for a few days, even if I'm not able to pump as consistently, even if my you know schedule is not as consistent in general, I know that it's okay at the end of the day. And that because it's all about supply and demand, as long as I'm doing what I can to either nurse on demand or um, pump as much as I, I can um, in the times that I'm able to, then I'll be making enough for him. And another thing that is, I think there's a lot of people off is that we might, especially early on, it's, it's, you know, baby needs to kind of get back up to their birth weight again. And usually they'll lose a little bit of that weight in the first week or so. First, like couple weeks of trying to figure out breastfeeding is 100% the hardest time. 
And then as our supply regulates, as our baby, you know, the, all the cluster feeding is kind of like starting to subside maybe a little bit more. And we start to like come into a little smoother time. You kind of get into your groove, but until then you're like, it's very easy to question. Am I making enough? Is my baby fussing because like, I'm not making enough for them and they're not satisfied. Or is it just because like, this is just a big adjustment for them getting into this big old world from my tummy, which was a super comfy, like nice, cozy place for them, you know? And so Oftentimes what I see a lot of moms questioning is when babies are cluster feeding in that really fussy period, usually in like afternoons or evening times, they start to question, oh my gosh, I must not be making enough milk for them. And that's why they're fussing. And that's why, oh my gosh, I'm going to need to supplement. And now, now your supply gets thrown off because you're supplementing instead of nursing when they have a demand. So because it's all about supply and demand, as long as your baby is demanding milk from your breast, like they're trying to nurse or you're pumping, then that's the demand your body needs to adjust its supply accordingly. So something that can be helpful if you feel like you're not making enough is, is power pumping. If you look that up, you'll see what it is, but basically you're going to kind of signal to your body to produce more, um, with certain kind of strategy for pumping sessions. And then another way to increase supply could be either pumping uh, before or after nursing in addition to it. But unless you're trying to develop a stash of milk or an oversupply, you don't need to do any of those things. You just either need to be nursing when your baby's hungry or pumping if you're giving your baby a bottle of your milk instead. So every time you give your baby a bottle of pumped milk, you just want to make sure you're pumping in replacement for that. Because otherwise, if you're giving them a bottle but you're not nursing in place of it, or sorry, you're giving them a bottle but you're not pumping in place of it, you're now signaling that your body doesn't need to produce milk during that time even though your baby's eating. So all that to say... It's all about supply and demand and you can increase your demand that you're requesting your body to produce and then you can also decrease it if you want to decrease it over time and your body will respond but just trust trust your body to do that and one of the biggest lessons for me in this was when my baby my older son was 18 months old and i went to jrtc for an entire month and a half away from him and at this point i was like there's no way i i at the time was like, I don't know if I will be able to make it work. I had been pumping in the field for so long leading up to this, but I was like, I don't know if, because JRTC is like the most intense, um, you know, war simulation environment that I'm going to be in. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be prudent for me to try to pump while doing this when I'm already only on one hour of sleep operating. Um, and we're in like a, what would we call it contested environment, um, with, with like fake enemy and all this stuff. And so I was like, I don't really know if this is going to be prudent and I'm going to have to wear my plates, um, the entire time pressing up against my chest and all this stuff. And so I was like, this, I think is the time that I might have to actually wean from pumping when I'm away from him. And since it was an entire month. And so I was sad about it, but I, um, I stopped pumping, uh, during that entire month. And then I came back and, you know, he, he had weaned from, I think there was a little bit of milk that I had left probably in my freezer stash, but he had pretty much just been having, you know, regular milk. And, um, my husband was like comforting him at night and stuff. And then I ended up coming back and an entire another month went by of, you know, not nursing, not pumping, and I was sad about it, but it, it was what it was. And then when I, um, when I ended up, we had this one really hard night where Matthew was just like inconsolable. And I was like, oh my gosh, we tried everything and nothing was calming him down. So I was like, well, let me try to just offer to nurse him. And again, this was like two and a half months of not breastfeeding, of not pumping at all. And I just tried to nurse him and like it satisfied him in the moment. And I was like, there's probably not really much milk in there at all, um, if anything, but that ended up, uh, we ended up going back to nursing. Like that was like the start of us going back to nursing, like a couple times a day, probably in the morning and then at night. 
and my supply came back (laughs) and I was like, what? This is amazing. You know? And so two and a half months go by. No, you know, was not pumping at all or whatever. My supply came back. So all that to say, it just, it just shows you, you know, when we have the demand, our supply will respond and trust your body to do that. But also know that your supply is resilient and it can change over time and it's natural for it to fluctuate and it's okay for it to change. And that one or two or, you know, maybe even days or months on end can, you can come back from that if you want to. So I just want to share that with you because to me, it was like such a really big encouragement that I don't have to worry about all the little things. I don't have to be constantly stressed and anxious about my supply because it's going to be okay at the end of the day. Again, my worth is not in it, but also my supply can adjust and that, you know, if, if I end up producing a little bit less milk for a week and have a little bit harder time meeting his needs, it's okay because I can trust that as long as I keep trying to nurse him or keep pumping, then my body's going to end up responding and that's okay too, you know? So all that to say, your ability to continue your nursing journey or your pumping journey is not dependent on perfectly timing every single pumping session. You can trust your body's resilience. You can trust your body to meet your baby's needs and that you can also adjust it accordingly. And the first time around, I felt like in order to make it work, you know, in order to be successful, I would have to have this immense freezer stash. You know, I have to have like this huge freezer stash in order to successfully breastfeed when returning to work. And to me, it was like, it was this way to guard against the potential scarcity of not having enough, but like how anxious I was going into that. But the second time around, I literally, all I did was produce enough milk for the next day at the most. Um, And sometimes I would even be like literally session by session, I'd be pumping enough milk for him and I would go drop it off at daycare. And like that to me, the amount of trust I had in my body and its timing and its ability to produce the milk that it needed for him without a whole freezer stash was just like such a testament to my journey and my own mental health and my own trust in my body and my relationship with myself as a breastfeeding mother and my relationship with William. So anyways, I hope that's encouraging to you, no matter where you are in your journey, that it doesn't have to look like whatever your idea of perfection is or whatever your idea of success is, is not dependent on all of those things. And you know, I definitely want to reinforce to you that working with a lactation consultant can be so, so helpful because so many people can give you incorrect information or so many people can give you like a false sense of you have to worry about these things when like they might not actually be a cause of worry. Or maybe on the other end of the spectrum, there's some underlying challenges that you're going through with a tongue tie, with latch issues, with lip ties and things like that, that can impact your ability to successfully breastfeed. And so those things can be identified by a lactation consultant and they can really help you work through some of those challenges that you might be experiencing with your unique situation with your baby. And so don't allow the lack of support to be what prevents you from fulfilling your goals if you have goals of breastfeeding or pumping through a certain amount of time. Okay, some more tips are to, oh my goodness, guys, make sure you're hydrating and you're eating enough. I'm so bad about drinking water. Oh my gosh, when I'm really busy, I like have a hard time remembering, but have a water bottle that you really like to drink out of. I know I drink a lot more when I have a water bottle with a straw instead of having something I have to like screw open and all that. It just is another barrier that prevents me from drinking enough. And then eating enough. Oh man. So I know so many of us, we just want to lose all the baby weight very quickly postpartum so we can feel more like ourselves, so we can feel more confident and comfortable in our body again, but we have to be eating enough to produce milk. (laughs) 
and we actually need more calories. So, you know, about on average, it's like 500 more calories per day when we're breastfeeding. But I know for me, like I just need to intuitively eat and I need to eat like every two to three hours. If I'm not eating a snack, like a, at least a healthy snack that keeps my energy up, that keeps my, I mean, I seriously am like, I'm not going to be functional. And so I don't worry about counting calories or anything like that postpartum. I literally just try to eat a well-balanced diet of nutritious, nutrient-dense foods, and I make sure I'm eating enough. And there's some really good food groups that can help support breastfeeding too. So um, that's something like we could probably have a whole other podcast topic about, but if you look up like what can support breastfeeding, there's all these like supplements and stuff out there, but like it's much more about a well-rounded, nutritious, you know, diet that you're eating, not following a diet, but like eating a well-rounded set of foods every single day, you know, but there's certain things that can really support breastfeeding like oatmeal or like um, spinach and other food groups like that. And so that can be really helpful. And something that I know can be really, um, anxiety inducing for a lot of moms is when our supply regulates around anywhere from about like two months to three months. And then sometimes around like the four month mark is another time when your supply starts to regulate. And when you start to increase your exercise intensity, you may see a slight dip in supply. So you would notice this if you're pumping, you wouldn't notice your supply changing if you're nursing because your baby's just drawing milk directly. Right. But don't worry, this is normal. So something that can happen is when we start increasing our exercise intensity and we see the decrease in supply, we're like, oh no, exercising is causing a decrease in supply. But it's not exactly that. It's actually that our body needs more calories to make up for the demand, the physical demands of our exercise. And so because we're, we're you know, using more calories, we actually need to take in more to support our body's energy and our support our body's ability to keep producing. So just eat and hydrate enough long story short. And as long as you're doing this, it's all about supply and demand. So losing weight is possible while maintaining your milk supply and continuing to increase the intensity of exercise is also possible. And, and we're all going to want to do that, right? We're going to want to increase towards performance and towards the fitness we want. It's possible while maintaining milk supply, but just make sure you are eating and hydrating enough and good nutritious foods. Okay. And then the other things when returning to work, I would say as good tips for you when it comes to pumping. So get used to pumping a little bit ahead of time or get used to a new pump. If you're using a new pump that you've never used in the past, a little bit of ahead of time. And I said this because I had a hard time um, as I switched over to the Willow pump this time around. I was like struggling through some troubleshooting issues and stuff like that. And I was like in the middle of trying to return to work and figure all that out. And it was a little bit more stress than I needed. And so some of that is can be alleviated if you just give yourself a little bit more of a buffer of getting used to pumping, getting used to a new pump, getting your baby used to the bottle. That's a really big one um, that happens a lot. And don't stress about it if your baby is refusing the bottle for a few days. It's pretty normal for that to happen, even especially if they're in a new environment, if you're bringing them to daycare for the first time and all of that. So some of the things that you can do to help ease the transition is like establishing them a little routine where they go to daycare for if you have a slot I know this is like very dependent on slots because slots can be really really hard to get but if you get a slot a couple you know weeks ahead of returning to work it can be really good to help ease your baby into like a couple hours a day or something like that with new caregivers and with a new environment so you can help make sure that they are getting used to drinking the bottle and stuff like that so that's a that's a really big one that can trip us a lot of us up Um, But again, it's not the end of the world if those things are happening. It's pretty common and normal. And then 
just a very quick tip, pack extra storage bags, part pump parts, because you're going to inevitably forget something. And how many of us have had to scramble and pump into water bottles of like random food bags and like literally random things that we have in our car or whatever, because we forgot our pump bag and we're like, this is liquid gold. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to, um, you know, have to dump it. And so just make sure you bring extra stuff. So that way, when you do forget something, it's not a big deal. And then another thing that can be challenging that not a lot of people know about is you have to actually get sized correctly, or you might have to change your um, flange size for your pump parts. And I was just kind of learning this too, that our size can actually change throughout our breastfeeding journey. Did not know this, Um, but like between our everything. And so just make sure that you either get professionally sized. There's some really good online ones you can do, or just, um, just double check and kind of experiment with a couple different sizes for your pump parts to see what's going to work best for you, because that will drastically improve your output. Actually, if you have the wrong size and then you go to the correct size, you'll see a big difference. And then talk to a lactation consultant. They're going to help you with all this stuff. And so there's some good, you know, support can be really key, whether it's lactation consultant, whether it's informal in support groups, there's some really good local ones. And then there's also some really good online ones that, you know, have a lot of moms who have been through this before that you can find. So I'll link a few of these in the show notes as well. You know, and on that note about trusting your body and your supply, you know, again, it's okay. It's normal. If your milk supply fluctuates over time, it's also okay to you know, if you have to delay a pumping session a little bit, don't stress over a meeting, a training event, or something that goes long, it causes you to delay a pumping session a bit. Like one or two crazy days where you're thrown off will not derail your entire breastfeeding journey. And it's not only about supply and demand, but also the amount of stress that we're experiencing mentally and physiologically in our bodies can actually decrease our output. So the more stressed we are, the less our bodies are going to produce. So the more we can like remain calm and at peace, even if we're a little bit tight in terms of supply, the more it will help. So again, support can be really critical to just make sure you feel encouraged and you feel like you might need a little bit of that extra validation that you can trust your body. If you're feeling like a lot of the self-doubt or other things are causing you to doubt it, you might need a little bit of that external support for somebody to remind you, you know, it's okay, you're doing great, and here's how we can help you through whatever this challenge is. All right. Um, Okay, so on those times that you might have to be away from your baby, let's just say you have a field training time, you have to go um, on a work trip, you have to, um, any, any number of things, okay? where especially in the military, we end up being away from our baby. There will probably be a little bit of an adjustment period when you come back, but it's not, it's not something that will necessarily derail your entire nursing journey. I encourage you, there's some strategies you can use when your baby might be having a little bit of a hard a time to resume nursing, and maybe they've developed a little bit of a preference to the bottle or something like that, or they're kind of like fussy and they're not really wanting to nurse, and, and that can be really heartbreaking. I encourage you to offer skin to skin do a little bit of like a take take more time and just like lay in bed cuddle with them a lot offer to nurse often and that can really help them get back to being used to nursing and so sometimes you might have to just slow down a little bit and be a little bit more like in and bonding with them and offer to nurse often even if they're fussy and kind of like allow them space to work through that if we want to ease them back into it And then the other thing that I see often that I recommend to like every single mom who has to either pump and allow other caregivers to give their baby bottles is to make sure that you look into what's called paste bottle feeding. 
And paste feeding is something that basically helps protect your breastfeeding relationship because it allows your baby to make sure that they're eating at their own pace instead of like tilting the bottle way up to where your baby's like looking straight up to the sky drinking that milk and it's coming down really fast because what happens if you think about it logically like if they're getting milk a lot faster from the bottle than they do the breast they're going to start to develop a preference for that flow rate and start to get a little bit more like irritated or agitated and impatient when they go back to nursing because they're like hey I'm used to my milk coming faster you know I want it to be faster and so something you can do to protect your breastfeeding relationship is to make sure that any caregivers whether it's in a daycare environment whether it's a nanny or anybody is um, using a paste bottle feeding technique and it's you can look it up and see some youtube videos on it so just make sure all of your caregivers are aware of that and advocate for your baby if they're not already doing that and the other thing that's important with that is making sure that your baby's bottle has a slow flow nipple so you'll see there's especially a lot of the bottles will have a number that's associated with the nipple and so you'll see from like zero or preemie nipples all the way up to like I don't know what number goes up to like two, three, four, five, whatever it is. And you're going to want the slowest flow possible, basically. So like I would say in the range of like zero to or, or the preemie nipples to like a two at the most, because your breast flow doesn't really change over time necessarily. Your baby's going to get more effective at pulling milk from your breast and drinking faster when they get older, but your flow does not like the bottles that are increased flow rate are not meant for breastfeeding babies, if that makes sense. So that can be something that also, if you have too fast of a flow, again, it's going to, it's going to make them prefer the bottle pace over the breast. So these are some little things that can sometimes sabotage breastfeeding relationship. So again, um, these are things especially that can help when it comes to returning to work and easing some of the stresses of making sure that you are producing enough or that your baby's easing into, um, you know, taking pumped milk without you. And then, you know, another thing that I would always say is if you, especially if you have a daycare that's close by you, or if, you know, your baby's at home with a caregiver and you're able to go visit your baby to nurse them whenever you can. And this can not only help you feel better about the time that you're spending away from them, because you have those little moments of reconnection during the day, but also like you're maintaining that um, relationship and another thing too, when it comes to trusting your body and your supply is that remember that nursing is always going to be more effective than pumping um, for those who do both, I would say. So like if you're an exclusive pumper, like that's different, of course, but for those who do both, your baby's going to be more effective at pulling milk from you than a pump does. And some of that is also in hormonal, physiological, emotional, um, your baby produces because you're bonded with them in a unique way compared to like a pump, which is just like a machine. You're not bonded with a machine. So your baby produces the feel-good hormones, which increases your supply. The pump doesn't naturally do that. And so, you know, something that I, I did early on with my older son before, like I got used to the pump was like, even look at pictures. It might sound weird, but like looking at pictures or videos of your baby and like, it can help your body produce a letdown faster actually, um, and produce more when pumping. So just cool thing to know. Some, you know, great resources I will share in the uh, show notes as well, but breastfeeding and combat boots is a really good one for any kind of situations where you're like concerned about, you know, having to ship or transport milk, whether it's frozen or um, just cold milk, you know, because of a military move or you're in field training or you're away from your baby and you have to transport milk back to them. I've had to do a bunch of those things and that was really helpful as a resource for me. And they've got some other good tips for a lot of different situations that you might find yourself in as well. 
And then another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that breastfed babies only need one to one and a half ounces per hour you're away from them. They do not need more than this. So I often see, especially if moms don't realize this or learn this, might think their baby needs like five ounce bottles of milk when they're away and they're like, I can't keep up with their demand. But the thing is, if you think about it, breastfed babies, right, we're nursing on demand are not going to necessarily wait like every three hours to eat. I know for me, both my babies are like, they'll eat closer to like every hour or at the most like every two hours. And they're not going to have like a ton in one sitting because babies only need like our milk is designed. It's so amazing. Our milk is designed with this amazing composition that allows them to like the fore milk and the hind milk and the later milk when they're in a nursing session is actually like the more rich and fatty portion of milk that's more filling for them. And so in like a single pumping session, you might probably on average only produce like, you know, two to three ounces, or if you're waiting a little bit longer and you're like pumping for a longer period of time total, a little bit more than that. But your baby really, if they're eating every two to three hours, is only going to need, you know, three to maybe four ounces at the most. But no breastfed babies are really going to drink more than that in one sitting. So you can be encouraged by this because you don't have to produce a ton more. And you might feel like you can't keep up with them if you're trying to give your baby a lot more milk and their stomach is having to expand because they're now being not they're not being pace fed and so they're like gulping all this milk down before their body knows they're full but pace fed allows them to their body to signal to them okay i'm full i don't really need anymore i'm gonna slow down and it helps protect your breastfeeding relationship because of the flow rate and also the amount that they're drinking in one sitting so those are things that can really again create a lot of additional doubt or insecurities or anxiety surrounding supply that we don't really need so that and then Again, you don't need a huge freezer stash. This is an oversupply. It's not necessary for success. An oversupply is not essential. It can help sometimes, but it also can be a burden. If you are if you have an oversupply, your body's producing more than your baby actually needs, and so it's a higher risk of clogged ducts, of mastitis, of um, because you have to keep up with like your what your body wants to produce. Otherwise, you're going to get clogs, and so you have to, if they're just nursing, you're going to have to also pump in addition to nursing so your body doesn't get clogged, if that makes sense. So you don't really need an oversupply um, unless you're trying to build up a stash for time you're going to be away or something like that. And then the other thing is having a backup hand pump for you for like emergencies or learning how to hand express milk when needed can be really good. I've had to do this in bathrooms, in porta potties, in the middle of the woods, in the field. Oh my gosh. So doing this can be really, really good in the case of just needing it for a variety of situations. And then um, a pumping bra or hands-free pump can be really helpful, like I said, to give you more mobility or to make your hands available to kind of multitask while pumping, whether it's doing something work-related, whether it's doing something around the house or taking care of other kids, all that can just be really, really, even driving, like driving while pumping, game changer, because now you can knock two birds out with one stone, you know? And then I also want to encourage you for those who might not be able to breastfeed for the duration of time that you really want to, but to you providing um, breast milk is really important. I would look into donations. And also if you have an oversupply and you're like, I make way more than my baby needs and I don't even know what to do with this milk. I'm running out of room in my freezer and my deep freezer and all that stuff. So look into donations and a couple of local resources that I've donated to in the past um, and encourage other moms to look into if they need it is La Leche League is a really good one. And then Human Milk for Human Babies is a good organization. And then you will probably find a lot of um, in like, if you're, if you're in the army, 
Army Mom Life uh, Facebook page would be a good one to connect with. There's local milk banks oftentimes, but that would be like formal donations. And so you'd have to like go through a screening process in order to be approved for donating milk. But there's more informal donation networks, which are like you're able to give and to receive um, more, you know, freely without as many barriers. You know, it's just like a trust between person to person, you know of whether you'd be comfortable with that. But I was able to, with my first breastfeeding journey with Matthew, I was pumping through a ton of field time during my basic officer course, and I ended up actually with an oversupply. And so I had way more milk than I needed and that I was that I was willing to pay to ship. And I was like, I don't need all of this anyways. So I shipped one box of frozen milk to Hawaii when we moved to our next duty station. But then the rest of the milk, I was like, I have way more than I need. So I looked up um, the La Leche League locally, and I got connected with a local mom who is actually going through breast cancer and chemo treatments and she was just so heartbroken because she wasn't able to breastfeed her baby anymore and so she was looking for donor milk and I was able to give a ton of milk to her it was like a couple thousand ounces I think it was to her for her baby and it just meant the world to me to be able to support her through her really hard season of life and to be able to know that like that labor of love of all those like late nights crazy you know amounts of problem solving I had to do to be able to pump out there in field training time was worth it. And so I can, I can just tell you from personal experience that that can be a really great option either to give or to receive and really meaningful. And then a couple tips on breastfeeding and exercise um, or lactation and exercise and some myth busting here. So if you do choose to breastfeed or you desire to, you know, you may wonder if exercise is going to impact your milk supply. Think so many of us are worried about this right and so there's first some myths i want to bust here so myth number one exercise is detrimental to your milk supply or the composition of the milk not true so this is false number two myth number two that you can't exercise too intensely or it's going to hurt your supply again that one's false and number three you can't gain strength or lose weight until after you finish breastfeeding that's also false again for some moms they retain a little bit of like weight in certain parts of their body um, that's a little harder to come off when breastfeeding but there's a variety of factors that are impacting that and it's not just related to breastfeeding so a couple other things that we might like associate with our supply dropping that can cause some of these myths to be propagated is that if we're noticing that dip in supply again that correlates with an increase in our exercise intensity it's often because we're in too high of a calorie deficit we're under fueling or we're under hydrating to support those extra calories that our body's burning because we're now burning more calories because we're exercising more intensely. We're, you know, probably trying to work harder to get back into our fitness or to lose our baby weight or whatever it is. And we're like, oh no, my milk supply is going down. That's because I'm exercising too much. No, it's actually because we're not eating enough. We're not hydrating enough. So adequate nutrition and hydration is just so critical to milk production. So just make sure that that's there. And again, well-rounded, nutrient-dense foods. And then some specific tips pump or nurse immediately before exercise to reduce any discomfort from full breasts. I know, especially for workouts that we're going to be like laying on our chest, like push-ups or like high impact, like running or jumping can be really uncomfortable if you haven't pumped or nursed right beforehand. So just do that to give yourself a little bit more comfort, um, while you're exercising. And then number two, wear well-fitting sports bras that are supportive enough for your level of exercise. Like if you're going to be in higher, um, intensity or higher impact activities like running, you're going to want more support, of course, but we don't want to be overly restrictive and we don't want to be wearing that for a longer period of time because it can actually create some clogged ducts and some discomfort there. 
And so, yeah, number three, change into a looser nursing bra after working out to help avoid the clogged ducts because that can occur from our breasts being compressed for longer durations of time. And I know those times that I have gotten clogged ducts, oftentimes it is when I end up wearing a sports bra for more of my day. And I'm like, I mean, I shouldn't have done that, you know. And then number four, if your baby is kind of sensitive or like has an aversion to um, breastfeeding after you are exercising, it's probably because you have a little bit of like sweat and salty taste from sweat on your breasts. And so all you got to do, just clean it really quickly with a, a wet paper towel or a wet, um, washcloth and warm water after exercising. And then you shouldn't have any problems. Um, I know my babies haven't really cared very much, but if you, if you do have a baby who's sensitive to it, that can be helpful. Number five, breastfeeding is all about supply and demand. So just remember anytime your baby is drinking expressed or pumped milk, you've got to replace that with a pumping session. Otherwise, you're going to signal to your body that it doesn't need to produce milk during that time frame. So that's probably pretty obvious, but like some of us might ask somebody to help take care of our baby or we bring them to somewhere while we're going to work out. Just remember that you've either got to nurse them ahead of time or you, if they're going to have a bottle while you're away, you're going to have to pump in place of that. Otherwise, you're going to tell your body it doesn't need to produce milk during that time. Again, lastly, nutrition, hydration. We already talked about that, but in addition to supporting our breastfeeding goals and our milk supply, it supports our muscle function, our recovery of our tissues and everything. It supports our quality of sleep. And so you're not only eating and drinking to nourish your baby, but you're also eating and drinking to nourish your body and help support your healing and your performance. I know we all want that. Um, So that's some specific tips there for exercise. Be proud of everything that you're doing. Because I know there's so much invisible time, energy, and labor, and not just physical, but mental energy that goes into making this work. So I honor you through it. I honor your choice to do it. And I know that it's really far from easy. It's such a labor of love. So you're doing an amazing job no matter what, and you're not alone. And I'm here to support you. All right. I hope that this was helpful to you. Let me know if you have any questions, anything comes up for you specifically. Again, I am not a lactation consultant. But I've just navigated a lot. And so I just want to share my experiences, my tips for you, any advice that I can give you. If you're navigating certain things that are, you know, uniquely challenging and situations and roadblocks that are coming up for you that you feel like are more lactation consultant scope, then do not be afraid to reach out. Please, please do, because I don't want you to get held up from your goals because you don't feel like you have the kind of support that you need. But when it comes to figuring out how to do this in your work environment and navigating the stigmas and navigating the logistics of it and all of those kinds of things, I got you covered and I'm here to support you in that. So next time we're going to dive into one of my favorite topics, which is how to make this work in field training in remote or kind of austere operational environments when you're on missions or you don't have access to running water, to electricity, to you know, anything to really keep your, your body or your pump parts clean. What do you do in that? How do you store your milk? How do you transport it? Do you have to pump and dump it? All those kinds of things. I've pumped through so many months worth of field training time in so many different kinds of environments. And I have a lot to share in this because I think so many of us are like, how am I supposed to do this? You know, and it takes so much problem solving. So I'm going to give you my best tips for those types of situations too, because those are unique things that we can, we tend to experience as military moms. So Stay tuned for the next one and meet me back over there.